0: God is in control. She's a happy girl. Welcome back to another program of Woman at the Well Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the Scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk She's with Jesus a happy Christ. Girl.
1: happy
0: happy in our current series we are walking through the psalms focusing not only on what they say but also how they are an expression of worship. We are noting how the Psalms encourage us to praise God for who He is and what He has done. We point out the greatness of God and recognize His faithfulness to us in times of trouble. In other words, we praise God, learn of Him, and celebrate His goodness. Thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, as Kim and Erica have a conversation as we walk through the Scriptures, focusing today on Psalms 41.
2: Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. I'm grateful that you have chosen to spend this time with us, and I am Kim Miller here alongside Erica Close. Hello, everyone. And we are going to dive into Psalms 41. Erica, would you like to read this 41st Psalm for us, please? Sure. Verse 1, Blessed is he that considereth the poor.
0: The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing that will make all his bed in his sickness. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? And if he come to see me, And speaketh vanity, his heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. And now that he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I had trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and Amen.
2: Amen. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. Have you ever wondered why in this passage that David would ask the Lord to take care of him in this passage? When I think about that, I think about the opening of of verse 1. He starts out with blessed is the one that considers the poor. And David was not poor. So your first thought when you hear him talk about the poor and then going straight to, Lord, help me, would be, you know, like a poor man saying, you know, send somebody to help me. But David was not a poor man. And he was king. But... I believe that the Lord has this passage of scripture just as it is so that we who extend mercy and grace and provide provisions and help and assistance to those who are in need have a small part in understanding what God does for us every single day. And so as we become his hands extended and his feet, then we have the opportunity to reflect in our own hearts and minds that on a small scale, we are doing what he is doing on a large scale for us every day. We are poor and we are needy. And he says, blessed is the man who considers the poor. And he goes through these whole verses explaining to us the benefits of what happens, then he finds himself in a in a world of hurts, and he has the 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 mindset to say in verse ten, "But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them." So in some ways, he's probably reflecting back of what he's done. He's helped the poor. But he's also putting himself in that place right there where he is in need. And he's asking the Lord to show up and do what the Lord does so that his enemies will see it. Everything about David is exalting the Lord, his actions, the Lord's blessings, the Lord's behaviors, In a way that somebody else can see it. I think David is, you know,
0: an incredibly human, human, right? I think that, you know, when he's talking here, he is so (coughs) recognizable to so many of us. I don't think many of us would, would think, would necessarily think of, you know, our enemies. But we all know that there are things in this world that are going against us. You know, I think that there are so many parallels between the events that David was living through and the things that happen in our life today. And I think we see this amazing humanity in David and that we see how he is, you know, he's talking about considering the poor and then how the Lord helped him. And then he's asking for help in this present situation and then asking that the Lord would raise him up. Right, so that everyone around him would see what the
2: Lord has done. And he says in verse 11 that by this they'll know that you favorest me. You know, by the fact that I have been needy and you have triumphed over my need and over my enemies, everybody's going to see basically that you love me. Right. And And, and see that... That his, that David's God is the one
0: true living God, right? David's going through these battles and dealing with these enemies surrounded by people who don't believe in the same God. And so much of what David's doing, I mean, David is truly wanting the world around him to witness what the Lord has done in his life.
2: And this is a man who is king.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he wants people to see that he, on his own right, in his own strength, is unable to save or redeem himself or protect himself from those around him. Even those that are familiar to him, his friend who is betraying him, who's been at his house, they've been close and suddenly now is causing him trouble. David is saying, Even all that I have and all that I am, I am nothing without the Lord because I too am poor and needy. And the Lord comes and he delivers me. And those of us who consider others in our world that God has placed in our lives who are needy and we go and we assist and we help them, then we, too, are able to see what God does for us. And that we ourselves, even the king, was in need of help, unable to take care of his problems by himself. So why wouldn't you consider that person that you know? How could you look down upon them? How could you ignore them when even the king Needs help and doesn't want to be ignored and is begging for the Lord to help them. And sometimes I think we're just who God uses to help others. Mm-hmm. And David is explaining. Let's take a second here and look. We're all in a place sometime in our lives when we are needy, when we need the Lord to help us.
0: I think it's it's a it's a powerful statement because I think so often we get to this point in our life where we don't feel like we need the Lord. And I think it often, that often comes with, you know, if you move through life and say you make more money, you know, or you have a bigger job or you have more and more of a position or maybe your position has more power, you know, or whatever it is. I think it's easy to, to lose the understanding that you still need the Lord, that that never changes and i think when we think of it from this perspective that you know we're looking at here this is you know a man who had it all i mean we can read about all that he had but he still as you said was was poor and needy he still needed the lord to heal his soul right he still needed the lord to to help him with his you know with his enemies he still needed the lord to strengthen him he still needed the Lord to be his friend because his familiar friend had turned against him.
2: And he says in those first three verses that when you consider, when, when you help and notice those that are in need, that the Lord then preserves you and keeps you alive. Even on these times when you need strength and you're, basically on your sickbed or your deathbed, the Lord comes in and shows you the mercy that you've shown others, generally in a much bigger way than what you have meted out to someone else. But we're not merciful. The New Testament tells us, you know, he's going to judge us the way we judge others. And this psalm is really a statement of warning of, look, if you are inconsiderate and don't have Time or compassion on those around you that God has strategically placed in your path and, and you're not helping them, then when you find yourself in that same situation or one parallel to that, which every one of us is going to, even the king, then don't be looking for help. You know, God is giving us an opportunity to understand in this passage, I believe, that we have an opportunity to distribute the love and the grace and the mercy that God imputes in us with his righteousness to others. And it says, you'll know that you are mine because you obey me and you love me. And you'll know you love me because you obey me. And basically, it's what it's saying, this is what I do in Acts. Jesus went about doing good. And doing good is noticing those who have a need and filling it because God has blessed you with what you need to fill that need. And when you give, you're not going to run out. He's just going to continue to fill with what you need. I really love that. I love
0: two things. I love the, what you were talking about there. I love talking about just how you know that's our purpose here, right? That's our purpose is to spread and and distribute the love that God has poured into us. I had, in my last Sunday school class, we had a whole conversation that came out of the book of James about how we are created to do good, right? We're created to be Jesus throughout the world. We're created to do the things, you know, that he's called us with our hands and our feet for us to do. We're not saved by that, right? But because we are saved, we have that desire and we are a new creature that's created to then do what the Lord has asked us to do, to distribute all that he has given to us. And I think too, you may, you said something just a little bit ago where you talked about how, you know, we may not be in the same situation that we read about David or perhaps anybody else in the scriptures, but we could be very much in a parallel situation. And I yes. think that that word parallel is really important because you know, we might look at something, you know, that David has experienced or something that David has done or something that somebody else in the scriptures has done or experienced and think that doesn't apply to me because I didn't do that or that's not that's not my sin, right? That's not what I do. That's not how I sin or that's not my need, right? That's not the problem that I have or the situation that I'm facing. But the reality is it's never about the situation on earth, the situation that somebody is in, the sin that someone has committed, it's about who God is in that situation. Absolutely. Like It's about the character of God and how God's character solves the problem, whatever the problem is, whether it's providing the, the forgiveness for the sin, whether it's providing a solution for the situation – whatever it is, we may not find ourselves specifically in the situation or the sin in the scripture, but God is always the same for us in whatever that parallels in our life.
2: Amen. And I love in verse 12 where he says, and as for me. That's a great phrase. I mean, such a personal statement. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. It's the Lord that enables us to be able to stand in his presence. Jesus' blood imputes his righteousness, which washes away our sin, and he sets us in front of his face forever because that's how much he loves us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He never sleeps nor slumbers. His eyes are always watching us to and fro, and he upholds him in his integrity And so what we see is that the psalmist David's heart and life is fixed on trying to do the right thing. And because of that, we know he was called a man after God's own heart, but because of that, God holds him in his integrity. All we have to do every single day, Erica, is choose to follow. Everything else falls off the table and will take care of itself if we follow what God says to do in every single situation, so we can make it simple for ourselves. We can get up every morning and say, this is the day I'm going to follow Jesus. What a wonderful time we have had in Psalms chapter 41. I hope it has inspired you and motivated you to read a little bit more. And we are so excited to be able to see you at our next appointed time and spend a little bit more time in the scriptures but please remember that jesus loves you you are loved
0: thank you all for joining us today in this program of woman at the well ministries we pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at WATWM.org and at Facebook.com slash WATWM, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved.